Father, would you please open us up in a word of prayer? We got to hear from the Carters, headed to Portugal, and tonight we're going to hear from uh, Brother Sandela and uh, headed to the Czech Republic. I'm excited about uh, hearing and seeing his presentation. So, Brother, if you'd come, begin by introducing your family, whatever you'd like to say before the video. Oh, good evening. It's good to be here. Um, Stephen Sandela. I got my family with me. got my precious wife, Gina, there. She's holding Nathan and the other. Audrey, Madeline, and Emma sitting there as well. And we have Claire over in nursery. So we have four girls and one boy. And going to Czech Republic, uh, that will make us stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, over there, at most, family might have two children. 
or more than likely, they're going to have one or none. And so a family with five children is just unheard of. And uh, we were over there for about three weeks on a survey trip. During that time, I would say we could count on one hand how many families we saw with more than children. And so it's just, that's kind of where they're at right now. Um, but uh, you'll see in our video, um, just kind of a lot of the history of the country and kind of where they're at spiritually. They're mostly atheists. There's one independent Baptist missionary in the country right now, 10.5 million people. One missionary for them right now. There's two other churches that have been started by some other missionaries. Um, but those two missionaries, they both come off the field within the last year um, with churches back here in the States now. They had both been there for 20 plus years on the field. So, um, you know, kind of left some holes to fill there. And God is sending us that direction. Very thankful for that. We're just excited to see what God is going to do with all that. And we appreciate your prayers. And this time we'll have the video. Hello, we are the Sandala family, and we are sent out of First Baptist Church of Mission, Kansas. God has called us to a country in the heart of Europe called the Czech Republic, or Czechia for short. This country is home to over 10 million people. They love to be out in nature and enjoy the spectacular scenery. The beauty of God's creation is on great display in this country. However, the Czechs are captives to darkness and worship the creature rather than the creator. There are 27 cities in the country. Most people in the cities live in apartments and use public transportation instead of personal vehicles. In the towns, life is a bit slower paced and more citizens own their own vehicles. However, the main square of each town or city is typically designed for navigating on foot. Farmland covers 45% of Czechia, and more than half of the population lives in market towns and villages. We have a special burden for these communities as they have the least access to biblical teaching. In these areas, citizens often live in houses and the whole community is positioned around a centralized school, shopping area, offices, and often one historic Catholic church. The main crops grown are grains and other plants used in alcohol production. Czechs drink a lot of beer. 48 gallons a year per person on average. They consume more beer per capita than any other country. They are also one of the leading producers of meth in all of Europe. The Czech Republic is extremely irreligious. On their last census, almost half claimed no religion. About 30% didn't even bother to answer the question. About 10% claimed other, which includes New Age beliefs and Slavic paganism. Almost another 10% claimed Catholicism. Over 21,000 Czechs take religion as such a joke that they wrote in Jedi as their religion on the census. In general, religion is seen as dead here. In fact, in one dilapidated church, an artist made an exhibit of ghosts that represent the former members. For a quick overview of how this came to be, look at this timeline. Prior to 1918, the Czech lands were part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Under the empire, all citizens were forced to convert to Catholicism. Many holidays celebrated today are a mixture of Slavic pagan festivals and Catholic holy days. During this time, 
faith was forced and often fake. Towards the end of 1918, Czechoslovakia broke away from the empire and became an independent country. About 20 years later, Nazi forces occupied the country. You can still see it today in the sites of former concentration camps, as well as open fields of an entire village that was wiped off of the map. During this time, doctrine was distorted or discarded. A short while after being liberated from the Nazis, Soviet communism took over in the country. Over the next 40 plus years, nearly 3,000 church and chapel buildings were destroyed and many more were heavily damaged. Communists use militant atheism, propaganda, and control of education to eradicate religion in Czechoslovakia. During this time, the state sought to be the savior. Sadly, the efforts to eliminate religion were rather effective. Communism finally fell in 1989. Then in 1993, Czechoslovakia peacefully split apart into the Czech Republic and the Slovak Republic. As an interesting side note, Gina and I both have Czech heritage. Her grandpa was born here on the Czech side, and four of my great-grandparents were born in this region on the Slovak side. God used our heritage to draw us to research the country. Years later, he made it clear to us that we should carry the gospel back to our own people. We are only aware of one other like-minded missionary family currently in Czechia. The Czech people have only recently been able to experience freedom of religion. But the damage from all of the various oppressions has already been done. Some are seeking truth, but have nowhere to find it. Many are walking in darkness and seeking worldly pleasures, but these things will not satisfy, and they will not bring peace. They are blinded. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Imagine what your life would be like if you grew up in the spiritual darkness that covers the Czech Republic. What if you never met a Bible-believing Christian, or even saw a Bible in your language? What if the buildings you knew as churches were gigantic structures that have towered over your town for centuries and were either full of money-making schemes or utterly abandoned and in disrepair? What if the church you knew referred to itself as a business and got into such ventures as brewing beer and renting land to bring in revenue? What if the church history you were taught in schools and you were the most familiar with was that of holy wars fought to steal land and to plunder in the name of God, or of men that your country burned at the stake for speaking against church authority? What if pagan festivals and drinking beer were the most popular activities to do in your community? What if the only Easter you knew was about welcoming spring with various rituals and not about Christ? What if your Christmas childhood traditions began with a visit from St. Nicholas, who was your judge and determined if the devil took you to hell or not? A few weeks later, you believed it was baby Jesus that flew to your home to drop off Christmas presents and then disappeared until the next year's Christmas. If you grew up like this, where would you be? Most likely, you would be blinded and in the same darkness as the average Czech. The same darkness and hypocrisy that pervades the Czech Republic can lead to spiritual blindness anywhere in the world, much as it did in my own home growing up. Half of my home was agnostic 
and the other half was Jehovah's Witness. By God's grace, I was set free from this blindness through the light of the gospel. The only thing that can free the Czech people from this blindness is that same light of the glorious gospel of Christ. God has called our family to be a part of his plan to bring the gospel to the Czech people. Our ministry goals are learn the Czech language, build relationships and establish trust, reach souls for Christ, train disciples to follow Christ, and start churches that will preach Christ. Please pray for us and the Czech people as we strive to carry the light of the gospel into territory that is a stronghold for spiritual darkness. Ooh, that, uh, quite a video, quite a play shirt. Five questions. One. Open to religious freedom and that sort of thing. Is it very <coughs> gather freely and that As far as the government is concerned, you can do everything pretty freely. As far as the culture is concerned, they're still not very receptive to a lot of that type of thing. Like if you if you go and you mention, the, you know, uh, we talked to a man and he asked us, why as Americans would we want to come to the Czech Republic? We told him we wanted to tell people about Christ and try to start a church. And his immediate response to that was, oh, we have plenty of churches. Because the only church he knows of that even in existence is the Catholic Church, and they don't want more of that. They they know the hypocrisy of that, and they don't want it, and that's the only thing they associate those terms with. Once he got to talk to him, and he understood that was not what we were about, then he opened up a whole lot more about a lot of things. So it it's all about how it's approached, um, and just like a big open sense, like come to a church event, you won't have a single person show up. But uh, as far as, the, especially the government and stuff, yeah, you can have gatherings and you know, preach the Bible and all that type of stuff, yes. What about drug addiction and alcoholism? All right, so uh, they are one of the leading producers of meth in Europe. I'm fairly certain they export most of that. I don't think they're doing too much of it internally. The, the amount that they drink obviously causes a lot of problems. It's kind of ironic when they, whenever they're drinking, they have a, this toast that they say, Nazdravi. It basically means to your health, but 10% of the deaths in the country are alcohol related. So and it's not really helping their health all that much. They have had a lot of people from Ukraine come over. And as far as I'm aware, they even had some Russians come over as well. 
the Ukrainians are more well received than the Russians, uh, but they have had a large influx of some refugees coming over already. That's a very good question. Um, I'm honestly not sure. I haven't really found a whole lot of reliable sources uh, on anything like that. Most of the stuff that we know is either just from researching the history or talking to other missionaries that have been there personally and things that we were able to gather when we were there on our survey trip. Outside of those things, um, I haven't necessarily found a, a really good source, at least that we'll just talk about maybe the kind of a Christian perspective on things there. Uh, you can find a lot of things on YouTube on kind of different people giving their opinions on things, and that does give you some idea of the perspective of the people in the country, but you know, it's not necessarily always, it's not going to come from a Christian perspective, for sure. Uh, both of the churches are still functioning. Neither one has a pastor at the moment. They do have some uh, Czech national men that are keeping them going. Uh, one of them, there's a missionary on deputation right now going, uh, getting ready to go take over that work and to continue it. The other one, there is the Czech man that's there. Uh, the missionary that was running the work said that this man is he sees him be, as having the potential to become the pastor of the church. He just needs somebody to come alongside him and to give him some more training. Because um, he's still a novice, more or less. And so once he has that more training, then that Czech national man could take over that church. As an option, we're praying about uh, possibly going to help with some of that. Uh, but we're still praying if God would have us to get involved with that at this time or not. Thank you. Sir, uh, Jeshua's uh, sister and husband are the missionary couple that's out raising support uh, to go and take the work that was actually planted out of Beth Haven down in Oklahoma City. And the, how long was that missionary there, brother? 30 years. And uh, so he's just hit age and it's time to come off the field. And so we'll be having uh, his uh, sister and her husband in. I know them. And I think it'd be a good investment of our money down the road here. And so we're going to have Jay come back, lead us in another song, and then we'll get into the latter part of the service. And join me in standing. We'll be singing page 321, where he leads off all of
This time we're going to have uh, Brother Carter come, and he's going to sing. Is it just you singing or your wife? Okay, great. So the Carters are going to come and sing for us, and then he's going to preach uh, following that. And so you just sing and then just take right over. Taking a trip when the south winds blew softly, they boarded the ship. Destinations already planned, they were guided by God's mighty hand. But soon after the ship to set sail, they encountered a stormy gale. When the sun did not shine, oh, Paul did not whine, said, I believe God. Shout it once more, for I believe God. And I believe God, though the lightning is flashing. I believe God, though the thunder is crashing. I believe God, when the storm is all past, we'll reach the other side safe at last. For the Lord stood by me in the darkest night. Said, sweet child of mine, everything is all right. You're never alone. We'll make it on home, for I believe God. You're never alone. We'll make it on home, for I believe God. Well, it is a tremendous blessing to be here and a great honor. Um, I got to get close to your pastor at the GIBF meeting, and um, he would get on to me um, because I was there, and we were just getting used to kind of getting out there. And uh, what he would do is he would take my prayer card, he would hand it to someone, say, hey, have you met with a carter? And it was really awkward for me because I was supposed to be doing that. <laughs> um, but it really worked out, and I got a couple meetings for it. So it was a, it was a huge blessing 
Um, and uh, I'm encouraged from your pastor. He's a testimony in the ministry, and um, he's a great guy. And you guys are definitely blessed to have him. And uh, it is a blessing to be here. Um, it's We've started, uh, again, we, we were starting J- January 1st, and so um, still learning. <laughs> the, the easy way of putting it. I don't know if in ministry if you ever get past the spot of still learning, um, but as it seems from this side, it's a no. Uh, so <laughs> we're, we're going to get used to the still learning part. If you go ahead and turn in your Bibles to uh, Psalms 96, Psalms 96, and um, I want to share something kind of personal about myself. Uh, when I get nervous, and you might hear this, and you might know exactly what the problem is, and if you do, please tell me at the end of service, um, my left three toes on my left foot go completely numb. It's weird. There is some neurological problem somewhere in my body, and so when I get numb, or when I get, when I get nervous, they go numb, and then I, I don't know, I walk weird, I guess, because I, I can't feel my toes. Um, so if I'm walking around and I look like I'm limping, I'm not hurt, I'm nervous. So um, I don't know how that, how that works. I, I told a, a church that I enjoy talking to the kids more because they're not as scary looking. Um, and, and so they let me speak to their kids, and it was way better. It was a lot better because they were scary. Um, not, you, not you folks. You guys are wonderful, precious people. Um, still scary, but wonderful. <laughs> Psalms 96. If you'll stand... In just honor of God's word, we'll, we'll get into this. And uh, we're actually going to read the, f- the full chapter. It's a good chapter. And, uh, and then, Lord willing, um, get what the Lord has for us tonight here. It says, O oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great. And greatly to be praised, he is to be feared above all gods, for all gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O you kindreds of people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name, bring an offering, and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in beauty of holiness, fear before him. All the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth, the world also shall be established, and it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously, let the heavens rejoice, and let the earth be glad, let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, let the fields be joyful in all that is therein, then shall the trees of wood rejoice before the Lord, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love and provision, Lord. I pray that you would uh, just be with us tonight. I pray that you'd be with me, Lord, that you would just calm uh, my nerves, Lord, calm my speech. I pray that you would just fill your spirit down here in your auditorium, Lord, that you would be seen, and Lord, not me, but you would move. I pray that you just give me the words to say, how many say nothing more, nothing less than your will. I just love you and praise you for all you've done. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, when, when I was studying for this message, um, I, my pastor told me, my, my dad is my pastor, you've met him, 
um, and he's even uh, preached here. And uh, so I think this a couple months ago, maybe, I don't know, a year ago, however long it was, um, but he told me every good missionary has five messages, so you need to get five messages, and of course your wife is going to get tired of hearing those messages, so I did, and, and then he, he let me preach them at our church, and, and then we had our missions conference, and he said, okay, you're preaching twice, um, get two different messages because we don't want to hear the same ones. Um, so this is one of those that as I was praying about what the Lord wants me to do, um, I'm a firm believer in specific prayer. And uh, while I was praying, Lord, I, I want an entire chapter that has to do with the topic of missions. And uh, he gave me this chapter while I was, while I was doing my devotions and, and just preparing for this. And, and this chapter, uh, I think, very effectively, it's everything uh, about missions. It really does. And so tonight, my, the title of my message is, What is Missions? And I don't want you guys to think about the, the technical term of what missions is and sending forth missionaries, but I want you to think for you. Missions, my grandpa always said growing up, is, is uh, missionaries are those who answer the call of God in their life. Each and every one of us have a call of God in our life, and, and, and you are tasked with the mission to accomplish that. You are tasked with the mission to fulfill the will of God in your life, and and so I want you to think about missions for you. Not, not, mission, not missions for me, not missions for the Sandellas, not missions... I forgot your last name. Grits, there we go. For some reason I think it was your first name, that's why I forgot it. So, um, Not for the Grits, but for you and your household, for your church. What does that look like um, for you? And, and as we look at this, um, when, when I was preparing, I, I wanted to know what the, the World Wide Web said about what missions is. And, and this is what, if you, if you look it up, it says, missions is a divine activity of sending intermediaries, whether supernatural or human, to speak or do God's will so that his purpose for judgment and redemption are furthered. That's what happens when you look it up. That, that it's, it's the process of sending intermediaries so that the, the redemption or judgment of God is furthered. I mean, that's exactly what the church is called to do, is, is to go out and, and, and be that ambassador for the Lord so that people know His judgment, people know His righteousness, people know that there is a, a true and holy God. So there's, there's a need for, for missions. There's a need for each and every one of us to be missionaries. Uh, we see as we look at this, um, at this chapter that um, missions is, is a pronouncement of our mission, uh, of what God has given us, the, the, the mission that God has given us as, as missionaries, as, as a church, our mission is to pronounce the glory of God. So as we look at here in, in this chapter, verses 2, 3, and 4, missions is declaring the glory of God among the people. Verses 2, 3, and 4, sing unto the Lord, bless His name, show forth His salvation, from day to day. Declare His glory among the heathen, His wonders among all the people. The Lord is great, and greatly to be praised, and He is to be feared above all gods. 
Well, what is missions? It's a declaration of his salvation day to day. We, we serve such a wonderful God. We serve such a, 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 a God that loves us and takes care of us. And, and this, as we look at this chapter, the first thing it says is to show forth his salvation day to day, every day. Uh, anywhere you're at, at every place that you go. We were in, in Chili's and, and they left a track for our, our, our waitress. What were they doing? They were, they were showing His salvation. They were, they were showing Christ where they were at. And, and as believers, as you're a missionary, that's our job. There's a reason why Christians have kind of a bad taste in people's mind. We're not always the kindest people. We're, we're not always the people that seem to want to put other people first. We're not always the people that, that, that make sure that people know who God is, how good God is. Um, that's your testimony. I'll tell a, a little background story of myself. I worked in the oil field for six years, and uh, I was a welder in the oil field. I enjoyed it. I loved um, welding. I grew up on a farm, and so it just kind of worked hand in hand on, in that process, and and while in the oil field, one of the first jobs that I've ever had in the oil field, I got injured at. And uh, it, was a very, um, it was a very bad injury. And uh, I got hit with an eight-pound sledgehammer. And uh, it wasn't on purpose, but I had a, a, a boss who was a bigger gentleman as a bodybuilder. And something came down the line wrong, and he got angry and thought that he might as well throw the sledgehammer that he was holding, and it hit me. And it, it wasn't a, a good injury. Um, and I had internal bleeding. I had internal bleeding through my stomach. I had internal bleeding through my legs. I went through two years of physical therapy because um, just the, the, the internal bleeding kind of choked my muscles um, out. And I had 2% muscle mass when I started going back to therapy. I was living on um, pain pills because I was always in pain. And uh, I really couldn't help it. It was a, a groin injury, and so it just made things a lot worse. Um, and I was miserable. And I was hurt. And uh, that was in 2017. And uh, as an 18-year-old man, um, it was, it was uh, a life changer for me. And I was, I'll just be honest, I was angry at God. And I was bitter. And I was tired, and, and I was trying to, you know, growing up in a pastor's home, you're supposed to have the, the good outlook on life. You know, God has it. God's going to take care of you. This is all for a reason, and, and, and it's true. It was. Um, but while I was there, I didn't care to see that side because I was in pain. I was, I was in physical pain. I was in, I was in mental torment because I would, I would go back and forth to doctors. I went to 13 different doctors, and I had procedures and, and the physical therapy, and they would try to remove um, scar tissue, and I tried to do all of that. And all I could see at the moment was how big my problem was. And I was angry, and I was tired. I was tired of people telling me that God has it under control. I was tired of people telling me that everything's going to work out for the better, I didn't, I didn't want to hear it because it didn't look like I wanted it to look like. I had 13 doctors tell, uh, tell me that having kids was never going to be in the question. At 18, looking at getting married, looking at, at courting my wife, 
that, that just forget about, I had a doctor tell me, forget about kids, just might as well start looking at adoption. There's no point of trying to further anything. I was hurt. I was angry, and I was mad at God because it wasn't what I wanted. I was saved. I knew the Lord. I grew up in church. I knew how to walk with Him. Uh, I, I knew the importance of, of devotions. I knew the importance of prayer. But I let my situation trump everything else in life. And I let it hurt my relationship with God. And I, I let it get to the point where getting in His Word wasn't happening like it should. I let it get to the point where getting on my knees and talking to the Lord was, was non-existent for a couple years because I was angry, and I was angry at God. I wasn't showing forth His salvation day to day. In the oil fields, it's, it's rough. Here in Kansas, you guys know oil field, and it's a, rough, it's a rough environment. And typically, if you can keep your head down, um, about being in church, you're doing great. Um, and so I did. And I, I thank the Lord. The Lord kept me from a lot of sin and kept me out of a lot of things. Um, but I wasn't showing forth His salvation day to day. I was letting the circumstances of my life keep me from, from <laughs> declaring His glory among the heathen. I let my testimony be of uh, a secret Christian. That's where I was. I, I was the secret Christian. If they asked um, if I went to church, yes, I go to church, and I'll give you a track if I remember to bring one to work. Um, but that was the extent. But we have a great God that, that is, is gracious, and, and, and He loves us, and, and he took that hurt, and I was able to work through it, and I was able to get counseling through our church, and I was able to get my devotions back where it needed to be. I had my relationship back with Christ where it needed to be, and, and, and then the Lord uh, saw fit after four years of marriage of giving us Malachi, and, and what a blessing Malachi has been, and, and it, was, it was the heartache bef before the blessing, and, and, and that's life. That's how it goes sometimes, that, that there's heartache that you go through before you see the blessings of God. But it doesn't matter about where we're at in life. These verses are true then as they are now. It, it, was, it was true for me to, to, to need to spread the salvation of God every day as it is my need now. I know I'm a missionary. That's my job. That's what, um, that's what churches support me. If I'm not doing that, I'm a terrible missionary because that's, that's what the Lord's called me to do is, is, is show forth the salvation of God day to day and, and, and you're supposed to do the same. And your church is supposed to do the same. And, and you're supposed to do that when life is at its worst, when you're in the valley, when, when everything is dark, when, when sometimes you're, you're angry at God that your life isn't looking the way it was supposed to in your eyes, as it is when you're on top of the mountain and life is great and all of your bills are paid and, and your car is working perfectly and, and that tank of gas went two weeks instead of a week. 
then. Declaration means a formal announcement. It is easy to declare His glory when things are wonderful. But it's so much more needed when things aren't. Everybody has bad days. Uh, I, I still struggle with, with pain. Um, that's something I'm going to live with forever. The Lord's been gracious, and, and He's really cut that in half. And I'm, I don't have to be on pain pills, um, which is a great thing for my body, not having to be on pain pills the rest of my life. But I'm still supposed to show forth the salvation of the Lord when I'm having a bad day. Declare His glory among the heathen. His wonders among all people. It's, it's great when, when you're able just to get down and, and, and talk with the Lord and, and just rehearse the wonderful things that He's done for you in your life. Um, and if you can't find those, thank Him for the things that He's created. The, the stars and the moon, the, the sun, the, the rain, the cold, the snow. And your pastor is telling me he was a, he's a snowbird. And, and every single time I told him, every single time I see somebody at your church, there's snow at least then, or it was, and, and it was, we were driving up, and then we saw pockets of snow. And, and that's, that's a blessing. Now that's that's a, for some people. In Alabama, the whole state shuts down, and it's irritating. Um, but it is a blessing. And you can thank the Lord for, for the little things. You can thank the Lord for the big things in your life. And, and, and you can tell, one of the things that I love to do now, when, well, when I would get laid off from a job, I would go in and, and having a workers' comp claim against me, it's a big thing in Oklahoma, so everybody, your, your job has to know. And, and then when people find out that, they want to know, what, why are you in workers' comp? Does that mean you're rich? No, that means you're broke even more so. Um, but I was able to use it after the Lord you know, brought me back and was gracious to me. Yeah, this is what the doctors told me. Uh, yeah, this is the pain that I have to live with, but I serve a great God. I serve a wonderful God that, that not only loves me, but He loves you, and, and this is what He did for you in your life, and, and this is what He continues to do for your life, and, and He's established you, and, and He's set you up, and He knows your name, and, and He wants and desires to spend time with you, and, and that's how good God is. That He loves you so much that, that even in the bad days, He still loved you. Even in the bad days when, when it was all you could do to look up, that He was standing beside you and, and offering His hand and, and waiting for you just to put yourself in His hand so He can lift you up. Because we serve a great God. It's, it's a declaration that, that when I'm a huge history buff, and, and so World War II and the Roman War and the Persian Wars and the Greek Wars, I love it all. My wife hates it because I listen to podcasts in the car, and she's like, she falls asleep immediately. But it was interesting when you think about the Romans, when, when they would come in and conquer a city, they didn't send a guy in there and, and hear ye, you know, hear ye, the Roman Empire is now your king, and, and walk away, right? No, it, it was a formal announcement. They came with guards, they came with armies, and, and, and they would stand in the court centers, and, and he would yell, hey, hey, everybody in the city, you're now ours. Sometimes we should do that with the Lord, right? Hey, everybody around you, hey, I'm not my own. I don't just get to do whatever I want. I was bought with a price, and I was saved, and I was cleaned off, and I was, I was set up, and, and the Lord saved me, and the Lord loves me, and He does that for you. That's an announcement. That's a declaration. Missions happens, though, also, at, not only when, um, when we do an announcement, but also in verse 7 and 8, missions happens when we give. I know. 
talk about giving for the next couple minutes. Um, it is the the hush hush of most churches, so we're, we'll touch on it because that's what's in the chapter. Verse seven and eight, it says, "Give unto the Lord, O ye kindred of people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts." Missions happens not just on the financial side, but when we give of our time. When, when, when I give of my time. When, when I'm out and I tell the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm running these errands, but I still want to declare your glory. Lord, use me while I'm out. You, use me at the restaurant. Use me at Walmart. God still works in Walmart. Missions is when we fully surrender to do His will. Day to day. Every day. Every minute. When, when we really put ourselves aside and let God work through us. So it happens when we give of our time. It happens when we give of our finances. Missions isn't cheap. Missions, uh, that's why the Lord created uh, you know, the, the local church to, to help further the gospel. And, and you can look at um, Paul and, and the churches that gave according to his necessity to, to further the gospel. And, and, and you can look at that and, and you can study that out, but it, it's when we, when we are obedient to what the Lord asks us to be. Our, our tithes. And then above and beyond are our missions. Missions does move forward when we give. That's just how it works. Um, I, I've had people you know, tell me, and don't you wish that you could just get deputation and be right on the field? Yes. That's not how it works. And, and I'm actually glad that I get to do deputation. How many more, how many more people are, are in my corner praying for me? You don't have to give me money. Pray for me. Grab, grab a prayer card. I know missionaries are supposed to say that, but I, I mean it. Pray for me. Pray for the people of Portugal. Because they're lost and they're dying and they're going to hell. And, and there's not people there. There's not enough people there in, in Portugal reaching the Portuguese people. There's not enough people in Prague and, and, the, and, and reaching the Czech people. That, that's just the case. There's, there's not enough missionaries in England reaching the English people. There's not enough churches. I, I know America is filled with churches and, and thousands and thousands of churches. But there's not enough churches in America reaching Americans. And it takes money. And it's expensive. It's expensive to run a church. It's expensive for outreach, uh, uh, buying tracks. What happens when we give of our finances? It happens when we give of ourselves. Like, I, like Isaiah, oh, oh, here am I, Lord. Send me. Uh, here, here am I. Every, every morning when you wake up and, and you get into your Bible and, 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 you, and you're kneeling and you're talking with the Lord, Lord, if, if there's anything I can do today, just use me. Here I am. And you lay your all on the altar and, 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 you, and you let yourself be used. That's when missions happens. Missions in verse 9 also is telling others that God reigneth and is established. Now we have a great God and I am so glad that our God reigneth and is established. Verse 9, it says, O worship the Lord in beauty and holiness, fear before him all the earth. And verse 10, say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. 
and the world also shall be established, and it shall not be moved. He shall judge people righteously. And you can look at, at Psalms 93, the, the first verse, the first verse of Psalms 93. The Lord reigneth and is clothed in majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established and cannot be moved. And, and you can look about how, how God has established the earth. I am so glad that we have a God that's established. Uh, that that when, when He is placed in a tent full of other gods, that those gods fall on their face and break. For, for they're just idols in verse 5. But the Lord, He made the heavens. The, the Lord ha- holds, the, holds the universe and, and in the palm of His hand, the waters of, of the earth and the span of His hand, all the stars and everything He created because He's established. He's not going to be moved. There, there's not a bigger force out there that's going to trump God. He's God. When we understand that He reigneth and established, we don't have to worry about the floods that come into our life. We don't have to worry about the valleys that we get into. We don't have to worry about the, the, the problems that happen to us on our day-to-day life because our God is there. And He walks with us and He talks with us. And He loves us. He loves you. He loves the people of Kansas City. He loves the people in Portugal. He loves the people in Czechia and England and the other missionaries that you support. He loves those people too. And he desires to know them. He's established. Missions happens when we humble ourselves. 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. James 4.10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Not us. Uh, Growing up on a farm, my dad was, uh, I think, an expert of of trying to humble my brother and I. He did it very effectively. (laughs) Uh, Missions happens when, when, you, when you say, Lord, just use me. Not in a false humility type of way, but in true humbleness of mind. Um, I've learned in my life, um, it is easier to humble yourself than to be humbled. The accident that happened to me wasn't because, you know, oh, it was just a freak accident. I, no, the Lord used that to humble me. I had no desire to be in the ministry. I had no desire to, to do anything um, in preaching, missions, anything like that. My, my whole goal was, I was telling Brother Tom, was to, to be in the, the oil field. I was planning on being rich, owning a big house, having the nicest truck, being, being just okay with, with you know, going to church. And then the Lord got my attention. And it's so much easier in your life to just say, Lord, just use me before he has to get your attention. When you let him lead and guide you, when you come to the end of yourself, then lastly, the reason for missions is because he's, he's coming to judge the earth. In verse 13, um, 
it says before the Lord. And verse 12, is, it goes into verse, uh, verse 13 as well. But he says, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. He's coming to judge with righteousness. Uh, we have a holy and righteous God that's sitting on the throne today, and, and, he's, and He's taking account of everything that we've done in our life, and, and He's taking account of everything that we will do in our life, and, and He's going to judge us accordingly. And He's going to judge those who don't know Him accordingly. If you know Christ, the, the penalty for you is, is not going to be as dire as those who don't know Him. That's why we're missionaries. That's why God has, has put you in the battle to, to where you are going out, where, where I am going out. And, and I'm trying to tell other people that, that hey, hell is real and, and hell is a place of torment and, and separation from God. Just, just as an announcement, just, just come to know Christ and His love because He's coming to judge. He's coming to judge with, I love this, His truth. We're in, a, we're in a society where your truth matters. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Might have hurt your feelings. I hope I didn't. But it doesn't. The, the law is the law. Uh, God is God. And, and you're going to be judged on your, de, your, your decision on either rejecting Him or accepting Him. And, and He doesn't care when you get to heaven. Just like the rich man, as, as he lifted up his eyes in hell, the time for him to repent wasn't when he lifted up his eyes. The time was, was when he was on earth and, and hearing from Moses and the prophets. And, and your time is now hearing from God and repenting because He's coming and He is going to judge with His truth. Not based off of what we think and know. Because it's so much less than what he does. Missions, and I'm sure you've heard this, missions is the heartbeat of God. The question is, is what is ours? What is our heartbeat? Um, I'm a Kansas fan, Jayhawk fan through and through. Born and raised in Wichita. My, my family loves the Jayhawks. We, um, we get way too into watching the games. Um, so, and we're far enough, we can't just drive to watch a game, so it's, um, it's sad, um, but it's probably for the good thing. Um, and, and, and sports can easily become your heartbeat. Can easily become our heartbeat. Friends and family can easily become our heartbeat. God's prayer request in the Bible is, send forth laborers into his harvest. Pray you, therefore, that, that more laborers come into his harvest. You, you can't tell me that you can't see the heartbeat of God in, in the Bible when, when he gave his life. I want to ask, I'll, I'll leave, this, leave this with you. Your love to be with the master leads to a desire to be like the master. Your love to be close to God should be our heartbeat. And when we do that, we live this chapter. When, when you put all else aside and, and you make sure that you're walking with God and, and you're talking with God and you're spending time every day with God, Psalms 96 starts to be lived in your life. It starts to be lived in my life. And it's not a question where your heart is.
What's your heartbeat? Because you're living it. So what is missions to you? What does it look like in your life? With every head bowed and eyes closed, it's a question that you should ask. Or at least pray about. Maybe the Lord's asking you to be more be more uh, aggressive, for, for lack of a better term, about your salvation. Telling others, your neighbors, your, your family, the, the people you come in contact with, your community. Your community needs to know about your God. About how good God is. Today, Father, Lord, I pray that you would just be with us this, uh, tonight, Lord, that you would just work, Lord, that you're... Um, Lord, if you're talking to someone tonight, Lord, that they would be obedient and listen and, and follow in your direction, Lord. We just thank you for this church. Lord, speak with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and stand. So our desserts tonight are in the America room, okay? So down the hallway, it's the first room. Uh, it's one room tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and let the missionaries go, and uh, they can get there. And uh, so when you get in, get out so others can get in. Uh, it's kind of a uh, you only go in one way and out that one way. So uh, I, we'll, we'll make it work. It'll be great. And so... 
looking forward uh, to that and appreciate uh, all the work that goes into having the desserts. Uh, one of the missionaries last night, uh, Brother Lalo, said, and we'll do this again tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, too? Yeah, all the, and Friday night also? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So I uh, do appreciate all the hard work that goes into uh, making that a blessing. I uh, went down and saw Marty and Glinda today, and um, Miss Glinda uh, has decided not to uh, take her chemo to keep that up. And so if you would, uh, pray for her, pray for Marty. They're looking to some natural means and uh, to strengthen her body. Uh, she's pretty weak right now. And so if you would, be praying for her and uh, pray for Marty. And uh, then uh, Pat Price is going to be having surgery on her back on Monday. And uh, she's got to be at the hospital like at 530. And so if you would, be praying for Miss Pat. I know uh, she would appreciate those prayers. It's been months since she's been able to be at church just because setting just hurts her so much and uh, so if you would pray uh, for her I know she would appreciate those prayers very much and while we're praying remember to be praying about what the Lord would have us to do for the cause of missions you know brother uh, Lalo threw it out there pretty hard on a Sunday right uh, because he's talking about you know give up your lunch and you know the question is are you going to give up one lunch a week or are you going to give up one lunch every day and lunch isn't cheap anymore i don't know if you've been out you know even a cheap spot like mcdonald's will cost you like 12 13 bucks so can you imagine what could be done for the cause of missions uh let's say you're giving an extra 15 dollars a week towards missions man by the end of the year you, you made some great strides for the lord and i'll bet that you can still find money to eat that lunch. I just bet, because we're Americans, that's what we do, right? And uh, so I'll be praying on what the Lord would have you do there. And then remember to pray for Miss Deborah, too. She's been having some pain from her knee, and uh, I know she would appreciate prayers along that line. Let's go to the Lord's Word of Prayer, and uh, then Lord bless you for being here this evening. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your great love for us. Uh, thank you for these missionaries that are here this week. We pray that you would meet their needs and, God, that you would supply for them. Uh, thank you for the challenge of seeing the burden that you placed upon their hearts, and I pray that we'd be faithful uh, to pray for these as they prepare to go to those countries you've called them to. And, Lord, even now that you would uh, quickly supply their needs, that they might get there and do your work. We pray for uh, the bushes, ask your hand upon them, Miss Glenda, as they go through this time, that you might be honored and glorified through that. Miss Pat, as she has surgery, uh, coming up on Monday, Lord, uh, take care of her, guide the doctors, give them wisdom. And uh, Miss Deborah, as she's continuing to recuperate from her surgery, Lord. And we, we pray that you would lead us into what to do for the cause of missions. Lord, give us a clear direction. Uh, that we might see some great things accomplished for you when it comes to the cause of missions around the world. We love you and we thank you for the time together tonight. Bless the desserts and our fellowship. We ask it in your wonderful, most blessed name. Amen. The Lord bless you this evening. You're dismissed. <laughs>